end and welcome to an introduction ahead of the actual episode itself. Uh, this is Jody, your hostess with Mostess, and right now I'm just here to say a couple of things. First thing is apologies to all you listeners, our lovely listeners who have uh, been stuck waiting for a new episode to drop for the past couple of months. Unfortunately, real life got in the way, uh, a lot of real life on my end, sadly, uh, so it's kind of prevented me from getting the episode up until now. Uh, the episode you're about to listen to is actually recorded pre-Adepticon, so it does stand the uh, test of time, thankfully, but uh, it also shows how long ago it was. Um, and we're very lucky to have a guest on this episode, myself and Freddie, uh, but I'll leave that to the episode itself. Um, also, I'd like to remind everybody listening that we do have our Lincoln event taking place uh, at the end of May this month, and there are places still available. We're running three days of gaming, one day of open gaming, one day of Bad Ab Wars gaming using our own uh, Heresy 2.0 based codex, which is available in the event. And we're also doing a one day Centurion Her Horus Heresy 2.0 event. Now you'll be able to find all the details in the show notes. You can also get to our Facebook page and you can find it in the event section. Um, yep, yeah, so hopefully we'll be back up and running with episodes on the regular now and things will get back up to speed. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for supporting us and still being here to listen. I love you. We love you. And yep, on to the episode. And welcome to episode 122 of the Ranjin Heresy podcast. My name, as always, is Jody. I am your hostess for the mostess. And tonight on this episode, we are talking creating narrative campaigns. We're talking about structure. We're going to be talking about themes. We're going to talk about a whole lot. And to make that happen, we are very lucky to have friend of the show, internet heresy legend, absolute killer militia player, founding member of Team Flat Jacket, the one, the only, from the Age of Darkness podcast, Mr. JP Matthew. How are you doing, buddy? I am great. Thank you so much for having me back. Also, as killer militia player, I, um, I'm assuming you mean that my militia tends to die in that I kill my militia, not that I'm actually good at using them. Go to ground. Go to ground. It's still discipline. Go to ground. That's all I can do. When, yeah, but you're good at it. It's a tactic, so I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not judging. I'm leaving it up in the air for everyone else to read. But, dude, it's so good to have you back on the cast. We missed you, man. We really have. That's my pleasure. I'm happy to be back. 122. You guys are doing great. We're, yeah. Uh, good Lord. How many of you boys got out on the Age of Darkness? Any ideas? Yeah, we just put at 132. So, uh, yeah, we, we were talking about this before the show. We started roughly uh, a little, um, roughly the same time. Um, well, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a while. So this is, uh, this is year eight for, I think, both of us. Yeah, I think I think you we're literally yeah we're about ten as you say about ten to twelve episodes apart because I remember listening to the first first four or five episodes of your cast and then going oh, this is something I want to do at some point and yeah so I blame you for us just just so you know it's well, your I responsibility <laughs> I apologize to anybody who's listening <laughs> yes sorry for how we delegate <laughs> this is how we delegate right Freddie yeah that's true. <laughs> well, as you can hear on on my right, who and he's always on the right because, well, he is who he is, and he's atop his throne, which sits above and uh, upon. Use the right words here: a pile of empty beer cans and pretzels glued together by the salty tears of his enemies. Is the one, the only, Mister Freddy? How you doing, bud? Uh, I can't complain. We have to have like a I don't know 
10 year anniversary party or some shit. Oh, LVO, 10 year anniversary party in a couple of years, maybe? Do some uh, or in Boston, maybe. Oh, why celebrating, Boston? Celebrate the Stanley Cup at the same time. Well, if that's in two years, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know <laughs> if the Bruins are going to be as competitive in two years. They have an aging. That say... said, Pasternak did get did get a huge, um, yeah, exactly. uh, a huge extension recently. Yeah, yeah I, no, I, I don't know. I, I like I like my Devils in a couple of years, if I'm honest. Yeah, honestly, I think the Devils are uh, well. They're already fantastic, and and uh, yeah. they're going to keep. They're going to be dangerous for 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 years, uh, especially like going out and getting Timo Meyer. Um, oh man, well, that, that, and that whole—I mean—they literally picked up almost two full lines in the trade deadline yeah. uh, of players, and it, and then obviously Timo, who is like grade A. So I, I was happy. I'm not going to lie. I was see see how it turned this into the NHL podcast? <laughs> like five seconds, everything derailed. <laughs> Dude, it took JP and I twenty seconds to turn it into the AEW podcast before we even started recording. Don't bring yeah, those back rookie to numbers to us. Do not bring those rookie numbers to us, my dude. Yeah, <laughs> we should go back to that, but you know, I don't. I we, we have to assume that not everybody. Well, you know what that. we could do. Uh, seeing that? the theme of this uh, actual kind of, No, yeah, actually, no. Seeing the theme of this uh, fucking uh, episode, we mm-hmm. should hold a joint narrative event at the Depticon when we turn ten. Oh wow, fantastic um, idea! It would be the same time as I've Horse as well. They started only a few weeks before we did, so that would have also been twenty fifteen. Hey. All right, Tim. So yeah, been warned. <laughs> Tim, Michael, we're we're doing it. You need to come happen. back in two years. Narrative heresy. It's the new black. Somebody, somebody will be doing it in two years. <laughs> somebody from each cast will be doing this in two years' time. Done. And we you just have, have Greg Dan looking at us like we're peasants. <laughs> I was doing this for years. We love you, Greg. <laughs> but yes, it's, and I, I would admit, being being English, I I can assume. Greg has got a very look, very good looking down on you peasants stare and contempt. Or yeah, it also helps. He's very proud of that. Yeah, he's not a small boy. That's that's fair. No, not at he, all. <laughs> I, I have a vague uh, recollection that he was uh, kind of overwatching JP and I, uh, bashing it out at the Depticon. That's right. With with my evil list and your perfection. Yeah, and how drunk we were. No one really cared. I think I still remember watching that live on Facebook yeah, that was a good when game. the guys streamed it. That which was very weird, right? Watching somebody else, uh, somebody else try to manage Freddie at an event. It was fun, um, but still, well, who, who the fuck managed JP? Well, uh, we all assumed JP was much more of a, a responsible adult than you uh, so, by cheating. Who the hell assumed that? <laughs> Apparently, people have never met you in real life. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yes. Um, it right. was a good game, though. 17 months in a row was, was kind game, of yeah. awesome. And we have yeah. it on recording now. Yeah. Yep. It's legit. It's legit. Honest to God, one of the best heresy moments out there. Um, up there with, uh, was it War, Warhound on a, on a, on a um, landing pad? Oh, Scotia landing pad, yep. With yeah. With segment around with, it, that was something. That was something that was, else. Yeah, and void shield generators and yeah, other stuff. Well, well, the difference wow. was that this game was actually enjoyable. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm not going to disagree. I had a hell of a lot of t- uh, fun watching the damn thing. Anyway, before we before we continue down that path, let me just tell you. Um, obviously, we love we love the fact that you're listening to us. Um, if you're listening to us on any 
um, podcast catcher out there. That's fantastic. We love you. It is available on Spotify. We're available on Spotify. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, um, Google Podcasts as well. We're all over the place. You can find us. Um, we'd love it if you gave us a, a positive review and shared us with your friends. That would be awesome. You can find us on Facebook. We've got our Facebook group as well, which where we post a lot of our stuff. Um, and you can get a link to our new or ongoing Discord server, uh, which is the Brangian Heresy Discord server, which is building up a nice little head of steam at the moment. Everybody's having some fun over there. We're currently in the middle of a two-month um, Badab Wars challenge where everybody is... Badabbing. Badabbing, who has, yeah, everybody who's signed up for it. We're not asking for a huge commitment right now, just a small small start, which is just uh, one troop choice, one HQ, and an additional unit of your, excuse me, of your choice. So, you know, it's nothing super heavy to commit to because, again, it's not, you know, tactical squads are 10-men tactical squads. It's very much something that we're all used to, um, and it's it's a lot of fun. And... That's a lovely little tie into um, something that we've got coming up, which was we talked all about in our last episode, actually, um, which was the Lincoln Heresy. Lincoln Grad is our heresy event, but we're also running a Badab event this year. Yes. Ready? yes, we are. So if you feel like uh, kind of where it all started, because to be honest, and JP can probably vouch for this, our Alan Bly, our the great savior of everything that is narrative, uh, started out like the, it was his trial run to for the heresy. That's where we got all the heresy mark armors. That's where he started the entire kind of feel for uh, how to write the heresy. The Siege of Rax and the Bad Ab War were kind of everything that eventually became the Black Books. They had never done anything like that uh, uh, previously. They had done one-off, uh, Forge World had done one-off campaign books. Um, you know, the, the, the like the Orc one and the Orc versus Tau one and uh, uh, the uh, something project with the Tyranids, oh, Jurassic, the Park. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the Jurassic, Jurassic Park. The Jurassic Park. It was so good. <laughs> uh, but like a multi-volume series. Vrax is the first multi-volume series they did. They did three volumes and Bad Ab was really... The, the, in hindsight, you can clearly see that they were they were looking to see if uh, heresy was going to be something that's possible because obviously it was going to need the new armor marks. So it's kind of like a soft, maybe a soft launch of of, of heresy almost. In that they started yeah. um, producing all the kits that they would eventually need, and and also showing that it was viable and people would be interested in buying them. My understanding is is that's sort of what happened. Um, yeah, you uh, can and, you can see like how how technically you had. It wasn't Chaos Marines versus Loyalist Marines. It was yep. kind of Loyalist Marines versus loyal, Loyalist Marines. Even more Loyalist Marines. <laughs> Even more Loyalist Marines. And and it went down really, really well. And it yep. paved the ground for our great Lord and Savior to eventually do the thing that is the Black Books. You've got to love the fact that the main driving force is basically capitalism and not paying your taxes. There's a, there's a dark <laughs> sense of humor in that, which I absolutely adore. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, and by the time that this episode is out, that you're listening to this, there will be on our Facebook page an event created for the Lincoln weekend. Uh, there is a an online booking form where you can book in, and purchase your tickets for our events via that booking form. If you're coming to, to play at our events or you just want to come to the convention to have a look, you have to buy your convention tickets separately. There is information in our booking form as to where to get them, 
but just buying a ticket to our event will not let you into the convention. So that's very important you get that right. Uh, if you have any questions, you can message us or email us about it, and we'll do our best to help you. Sort of like any convention, like uh, Golfcon, yeah. Adepticon, LVO, you kind of have to pay to be at the convention, and yep. then you can pay for your events. I just want to make it super clear because it it, it is it is the fact that the convention has its own ticket site and we do our tickets separately. A lot of the events do their tickets separately. Um, so I just want to avoid as much confusion as possible uh, yep. up front. So hopefully I didn't just make uh, that more confusing. And also, if you have any questions, let's say, oh, but I don't have a thematic uh, chapter that took part in the bad ab. Just hit us up. Like, fucking hell, if you run Imperial Fists, we'll uh, make it work. We make it work. Like, do 1,250 points, which is like the point limit. Because it's that's how we're gonna. It's gonna be an escalatory narrative campaign based mm -hmm. on missions from the actual Imperial Armor books that have been like kind of updated to fit within within our kind of version of the rule system, and and you you're gonna have heaps of fun. It's gonna like the end game, like the last mission is gonna be like a nice, super nice uh, two on two versus like super thematic to the end of climax of the siege of Badab. Mm. So just come there, join like easily. If you have a heresy army and heaps of infantry, we can tweak it to make it work. Yeah, hundred and ten percent. So that... if not one thousand two hundred and fifty points, and mm -hmm. uh, to build like a small badab force, you don't need that much either. No. Like hell, get one of those uh, Horus Heresy starter boxes. Do Terminators. Do uh, Tactical Marines. Use the Spartan and Bob's your uncle. And just so everybody knows, there is a player's pack that is effectively a codex for Badab Wars. Uh, literally, we have called it Codex Badab Wars, and that will be out as part of the event, which you'll be able to download, along with the player's pack for the Heresy event itself. So yeah, that's loads of information there, and there's uh, there's going to be a great event, and I can't wait for us to, uh, to actually get there. So, uh, now, as per tradition, gentlemen... Is anybody working on anything hobby-wise this evening, or have you been working on anything hobby-wise recently? Just out of interest, uh, throw it to JP first, as you are our guest. Yeah, um, well, right now, uh, I'm leaving for Adepticon in one week. Uh, I know oh, Adepticon boy. is in two weeks, but I'm presenting a paper in Detroit a week before, so instead of coming home after, I'm just going to continue on to Chicago afterwards. Nice. Um, so uh, I'm actually leaving town a week early, and... I, I have still all the work that I'm supposed to do. I've figured that, oh, I'm just going to largely bring, you know, my, my, my Iron Warriors. It's my it's my main army. Um, so I figured I didn't have a lot of work to do. The thing is, things got a bit jostled on the way back from Scandis. Oh, no. Um, uh, on, on one of the... Well, it's because one of the, the flights from, from Stockholm to... Um, where was my connecting flight? Uh, Munich. So it was one of those little dinky planes, uh, which even though it was... For transatlantic flight, no problem. It was carry on, but it was just like, yeah, we're not gonna be able to fit it. It's like, really? And so, anyways, they so it got it got a little bit jostled. Um, so I'm gonna have to fix a lot of nothing was broken, broken, but like some arms snapped off, and and uh, the the volcano cannons from uh, my Falcon, the deicide, um, oh. uh, you know, kind of. They're loose now. That needs to be fixed. So I got some things to fix. And also, I'll be bringing my militia this year. Um, because uh, I, I realized 
I've, I've been angry at Games Workshop for months now for not giving me my, my damn militia list. Um, but then I was just looking at the Solar Oxes. Like, there's there's an option in there for a penal cohort, which actually makes can make the Solar Ox because when you use that, you can downgrade their weapons to or downgrade. You can change their weapons to uh to uh, to last car carbines like militia, mm. and also they lose close order drill, which is really one of the the main flavorful things of how Astrolox uh, um, operate. So I figure it's close enough so I can um, um, so that, that, I, that I can use my militia as Solarox. I don't think anybody's going to have a problem with it. Uh, I'll just say that the 4 plus carapace is actually 5 plus uh, flak. I don't think anybody's going to have a problem with me downgrading my own armor. So <laughs> I'm using my militia. I'm taking a stand. I am sick of not having my militia list, so I am going to do it anyway. Legally, as far as anybody's concerned. So Oh, I gotta <laughs> fix some chips once. on on those guys, um, uh, because uh, they're old Valhalla metal models, and as we all know from old models, they chip when you so much as look at them. Uh, 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 so I gotta fix that. Um, yeah. Outside of that, uh, I'm also working on um, some sort of way to carry my "Don't Look Back" set uh, to Adepticon. Uh, I intend to we, we intend to do some. Not demos, but like play a couple indie games. One of the nights that we're at Adepticon, uh, that we're at Adepticon, um, uh, us and the rest of the podcast crew, we've got a couple uh, games that uh, um, that we don't get to play often, like Lunar, uh, which is a game about astronauts fighting on the moon. And there's that like a whole so gravity, yeah. There's like a whole gravity system where you can like ping pong uh -huh. people around. Like if you hit someone with a with like a beanbag weapon, they 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 shoot back. And actually, one really effective way of of causing damage to units is by knocking them back into rocks or something. So it's, and, 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 you know, we don't get to play indie games very often. So we're going to do some, some indie games. So I want to bring my don't look back set. Uh, I assume I've talked to you guys about don't look back. Oh yeah. It's always sold it, out here. The, the black side studios, which produces uh don't look back and, and lunar. Um, they have, they have a problem with, um, with European, uh, um, with European distributors, there hasn't they 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 have an issue getting it into European stores. Unfortunately, I I know they're working on it, um, but it is rather unfortunate. And like it's so expensive to to, to get something shipped. Even something shipped to Canada costs a fortune. So I am going to uh, there's going to be room in my carry on to lug as much as I can back from their table. Um, Good it's time. a great uh, it's a, it's a slasher game. Um, and it's got some fantastic models. Uh, is that the one? Like, if correct me if I'm wrong, but is that the one that's based off like horror movie tropes? And... Um, yeah, yeah. So I've actually oh, yeah. I've watched I've watched a lot of that being played by Ash from Guerrilla Miniature Games. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. They He's did. Doing, uh, he did a solo campaign over uh, Halloween last year, I think, if I remember rightly. Um, but I've seen a lot of his stuff, and the game looks amazing fun. Really it's does. a lot of fun. Uh, it, it's really well made. Uh, the models are very characterful. All the missions are really, um, you know, classic horror tropes. Uh, and, and and so since I bought it at Adepticon last year, and so I spent a lot of time the last year, like, painting that up. Um, and it's been rather refreshing compared to doing, like, the Space Marines all the time. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun to paint, you know, like, not Freddy Krueger. It's clearly Freddy Krueger, but, like, you know, obviously they don't have the rights to Freddy Krueger. So let's just call him Dream Master. Um, and 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 or and like Michael... uh, they're, they're a set of meddling kids. Obviously, they can't yeah, say Scooby Doo. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I mean, I'm, so I'm trying to figure out a way to 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 bring that to Adepticon, and I think I figured out a great solution. I just bought. I just, it just arrived an hour before we started recording, but I bought a uh, uh, a Halloween two lunchbox, <laughs> and I'm gonna put foam in it, and and that's where I'm gonna I'm gonna that's how I'm gonna bring everything. And that's my storage solution. Um, it's a dumb purchase that I hope to hide from my wife, uh, but it, it should be it should be a good way to, to 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 carry the game. So that's my hobby stuff. Mainly preparing for Adepticon, fixing stuff that needs fixing. I do need to paint a few militia models to um, make sure that uh, the auxiliary list I can use it legally, um, and I need to uh, find a storage solution for my don't look back. Nice. A lot of work to do in like a week because I got to leave in a week. They'll get it done. Either. And I also got to finish writing my conference paper, which I barely started. <laughs> Gonna be a rough one. To be fair, man, it wouldn't be any sort of convention or event if you weren't honestly just like effectively building a new army a week beforehand. So you're you, you should be painting there. I'm disappointed. Yeah. Oh, probably will be. Give the guy. I've done that. Yeah, I know all the time. I'm disappointed yeah. you're not doing not it. Not this time. time. No, not this time. Freddie, give it a chance. Something will happen. It's okay. Don't worry. It'll all be good. Okay. <laughs> what about you bud what have you been doing hobby wise uh embarrassingly i've been painting lord of the rings dudes but uh i keep working on my my night lords and um doing another the spoiler squad uh spoilers for uh what's new coming up uh so i'm keep working away i need i need to have my my army ready for lincoln because this time hopefully with how well organized we're going to be are going to be able to play would be nice what about yeah it would be nice to play once <laughs> so i'm i'm knee deep into night lords yeah still cracking on with your night lords that's awesome dude. yeah it's it's not like the best army but super night lordy and fluffy sexy gonna, i mean we, just, we'll, we'll have to talk we, we should uh run through like um just before lincoln we should talk about our armies that we're bringing for lincoln we will have no fear it will happen there will be more link on related content in the future um anything else you'll be working on uh our terrain yeah yeah um touching up terrain for Lincoln as well nice but that doesn't really count i i guess yeah, it's, hobby. it's still hobby it's still it's all hobby my dude it's got to count somewhere because all i'm right. screwed because i haven't touched a model in, in a while but i will say i have been well editing and also creating the players packs for the for our events so i've been busy there they, they, and i still have a lot more work to do with the cards and other stuff that's coming up so uh, uh, yes. do you hear that jp there will be cards where are the cards give there them the cards, cards. what so you cards. do with the cards uh, you need cards mate oh, i love you that guys. was funny <laughs> that, that, that's kind of an inside joke from warhammer world <laughs> that's a very inside for, joke from for... Freddy being drunk and 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 trying to find the cards. I'm never drunk. Lies. Just degrees of sobriety. The cards. From, from sober Where'd you put knowing. the cards? <laughs> Stop losing shit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't lose them. They were in my jacket Stop the whole time. Shit, I told you this. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, I I will Sorry say for derailing this, your show. That's eh, what we do. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to Scottish Pete, who's on our uh, Discord server, uh, because he he was finally able. Well, he sent it a while back, but technically Royal Mail finally pulled their finger out and shipped it. Um, I now have a very cool uh, white metal double-headed axe, um, 
that I am going to use as the uh, basically the um, offhand weapon for my new Space Wolves Praetor model, which I finally got the last parts to now. So I have very few excuses not to sit down and actually start doing some hobbying. So I, I guess I'd better get to that. Um, but yeah, otherwise it's just been a lot of admin work for me. So nothing's hobby sexy, but hopefully when the players packs drop and everything, everybody's going to like what they see. So that will, that will make me a happy dude. Um, yeah. So that's what everybody's working on currently. Um, it's really, really simple because we've got a lot to talk about tonight. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to shuffle and spin and rotate our virtual chairs over to our virtual newsroom and talk about the uh, the stuff that's come up on uh, War Commu Warhammer Community or Warcom, depending on how you put it, how you go with it. Uh, starting off, I'm trying to keep this in relative order of uh, announcements. They released a demonic assassin. Mm -hmm. Demon Fine. assassin. I am very disturbed by the model, so it's cool. Um, what is everybody's thoughts on this guy? Let's start. Uh, JP, what are your thoughts, my dude? Um, is this is this in the uh, the recent book? The agents uh, is is this in the agents of, of the emperor list? No, not that I'm aware of. This is this is because um, this is your I, nemesis, right? Yeah, this is their version Clearly. of it, effectively. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So is this uh, is this something that's going to come out in a is this teasing a new book? Because I'm pretty sure we're just waiting for. Um, I would well, I would imagine the the traitor version of the uh, recent uh, um, of of the recent Custodes Solar Ox and Agents of the Emperor uh, book. Yeah, I mean that's the general theory. I mean they've been promising a PDF of the militia for God knows how long. As you touched on earlier. Yes, I know. I'm have, aware. Have, you and me both, mate. I've got <laughs> three thousand points of unpainted militia sitting there. I'm not pulling the trigger until I get my rules. Anyway, uh, but, but they also hinted on like the demon list, so maybe so, they should could put all this into a book. Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because it's actually looking at the article. It says, uh, "What is it? They're all they've described the the loyalist." assassins and then it's like they're all extremely lethal in their own way but pale in comparison to the inhuman horror used by the traitor legions the infernus abomination so it kind of feels like there's only one but still the fact that there is one is pretty awesome um well there should be a lot of abominations they are the traitor i hope so yeah i genuinely hope so um but what do we think about the model itself i mean big fans not big fans what do we think I'm always a big fan of everything. I think it looks great. I do too, actually. It looks uh, appropriately abominable. Hmm. Now, I might be alone on this. I hope I'm not. But I do have the urge to eventually buy it and then basically paint it as the Predator. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should definitely do that. I can't uh, say I'm, I'm being I'm behind unique you here, on that. But I'm not being unique here, but I mean, come on. It it kind of screams it, doesn't it? Or is it just me? It kind of it just I feel like that's that's the love that it should get. And then and then you need to do for your militia like a Katashan command squad. Like... <laughs> oh yes. I mean you're not wrong. Oh, you need to do you need to do a narrative scenario where Ooh. a bunch of, uh, of of militia of Katachans. You can do veterans, right? You can customize yeah. veteran squads pretty well, uh, yeah. and then have them go through the jungle and and be hunted by this abomination. 
it's 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 like a I, you know I'd like to see that made into a movie. I really would. That that would be really. It already exists. It's called Predator. <laughs> <laughs> and if for God knows any reason why you hear this and go, what is Predator? Go find out. Go watch it now. Do yourself a favor. Um, but I think I genuinely think this guy is very very cool. Um, I've been begging, wanting, you know, basically War Master versions of the Assassins for a long time. So, yay. I'm looking forward to that. Um, they also released a bunch of head sprues as well, character head upgrades. Yeah, random naked heads. Yeah, I mean, most of them are bold. No surprise there. There's some facial hair and face masks. and They're all middle-aged. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Bionic upgrades, which are cool. Um, yay. I mean, I'm not against it. I personally prefer helmets on all my Marines anyway, but awesome oh, well it's good for variety the, the, the sad part is that there's so many good third party options and there really so are yeah yes yeah, so I, I don't really know they're kind of it, it's a very competitive market for custom heads which are not like legion specific yeah that's very true and then there are the legion specific ones as well so yeah you got a good mix here oh boy JP, do they give you any kind of warm feelings on the inside, or is it just yeah, heads? Um, heads. Heads. <laughs> totally like, I'm happy they exist. <laughs> Don't worry, we're not breaking new ground here, people. I'm just just intrigued on everybody's take on them. Don't worry. Um, bare heads. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, oh, but it's good for customization. There's nothing wrong with that, and and I could see them fitting great in in a legion that doesn't like wearing helmets, like you know. The route, or or um, uh, um, oh, world leaders—they don't like wearing helmets uh, a lot of the time. They sometimes yeah. do, sometimes they don't. That's yeah, fair. They don't like to wear bunny ear helmets, otherwise they they wear none. Those are very cool helmets as well. Just saying. There's there's the helmets from Conan. That's true. <laughs> Do you ever notice that? It took me a while to to to, to notice it, but the, all the corn helmets with the bunny ears—it's it's just the helmet from one of the one of uh, Thulsa Doom's um, um, lieutenants. I don't remember his name uh, from Conan the Barbarian. That's all they did. Hey, the guy with the mustache and oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy played by not the guy played by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, is it? No, no, not. that's uh, that's that's Conan, that's Conan the Destroyer. That uh, was okay. terrible. I'm... I'm not, saying, movie. I'm, I'm not saying either way. I kind of enjoyed all the Kodan movies. I just couldn't remember which one was which. Yeah, um, but the, uh, the, the bunny ears, it, it's two snakes facing each other. It's also Doom's symbol. That's all, that's all it is. They just, they just watch Conan the Barbarian. Let's do, let's do this. To be fair, that's all how of the early games the workshop track. stuff is just like we watched a movie. Just, let's, let's make this. We, or, or we read... Uh, I read uh, Doom. Let's, let's we make, we let's read Victorian English poetry and, 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 you know, turn of the century English poetry and we, we decided to rip that off as well. Um, Lionel you know. Johnson, basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and Edgar Allan Poe, if you want to pull the Raven Guard, yeah. As well. uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's plagiarism, and then there's 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 GW inspirationalism, whatever you want to call it. Um, speaking, but of, everyone is plagiarizing them, though. That's true, because <laughs> that's how that's how life works. There's no more original thought, apparently. Um, it's not plagiarism; of, it's just a remix. They're just remixing <laughs> everything. It's a remix sampling. to... For, remix for, to that's, that's what Warhammer it is. It's, it's just sampling. They were ahead of the curb. <laughs> Love it. Um, 
uh, well, speaking of, let's say the the next one, which was actually uh, the most important one, the, at the LVO was the uh, plastic sicaran. Oh, it wasn't the LVO, sorry, but it was a plastic sicaran that came out. Um, again, another tank in plastic. This can only be a good thing. That's all I can say in my from my point of view. I love the sicaran as a model, the Venator. I think it's a gorgeous model. Um, never actually owned any, which is silly because oh, I, have, I have so many. I can it's imagine you do. I, I should have had I should have had at least two for my Iron Warriors, but never did. Uh, um, the best. Personally, it's, it's the one I want to convert into like uh, as Siege of Terror, Empress Children, and then just replace the whole thing with like a, a massive demonic dildo that shows like yeah. Of course, I mean that is both on brand and makes sense, which is scary in so many ways. Um, what do you think, JP? Are you going to be uh, Taking the plastic route on vehicles? Well, if I have to get another one, obviously. Just Jody, you're 100% right. Like, my comment is awesome. I'm happy more plastic vehicles. We need more plastic vehicles. Yeah. I don't miss resin vehicles. Uh, there is something about the weight of resin that I like, mm -hmm. uh, especially for infantry models. Um, but I felt the same way about moving from metal to plastic. So this, I think it's just like some nostalgic part of my lizard brain. Uh, um, I, uh, but I, I don't think anybody can not be happy about having plastic injection molded plastic, uh, vehicles. I just put together a Leviathan a few weeks ago for my, uh, for my Netlords project, which is very, 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 very slowly coming together. Um, and it was great. The feet were annoying, but outside of that, compared to doing the, 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 the resin, uh, models and it's just it's so much more enjoyable yeah 100%. fucking copycat copycat well, well you know night lords yeah but i started this project two and a half years ago and i haven't done i haven't done much oh, so if anything you're copying me just faster <laughs> fair uh, enough well well whatever it it's i gotta say jp you are the one thing about resin vehicles for me is it felt for a long time it felt like a rite of passage you have to go and put together a resin vehicle just avoid the storm eagle um and you know you could tell how long somebody had been in the heresy by did they have a spartan with built-in tracks or individual tracks that they had to put on oh individual tracks yeah it's just I I love that's what I love about resin vehicles. I've built enough of them, including many Knights of Titans, to both well to absolutely hate it because they're a pain in the ass, um, but also to just go yeah they're pretty cool. Uh, but I'm very happy to see more tanks coming out. Uh, I I wonder what we're going to start seeing next. Maybe we, we need a for for a raffle. We need a plastic warlord because I'm I'm going insane. <laughs> yeah, there is that too. Uh, but I and again, activator see... and super glue is my best friend. Yep. Uh, maybe we'll <laughs> see plastic sabers next, or uh, you know, I'm not sure which way they're going to go. But I, I look forward to see where they go with the with the new drops as they come out. Um, sabers last... would be nice. Sabers would be nice, to be fair. Um, okay, last one because these are very recent, as of literally last week, as of time of recording. Despoiler upgrade kits. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Thank fuck. <laughs> uh, but sad part is uh, I've already raided all my old uh, Space Marine kits. 
when you got fucking ten of them in a kit, you could equip your Chaos Space Marines with either with bolt guns or with close combat and bolt pistols. Remember those days? Yeah. Uh, why can't we do that with like ten, let's say, Harris Marines? Look, nice. it could be worse. <laughs> it, it could be a lot worse. It could be like, uh, like the when they sell hot dogs in packs of twelve, but buns in packs of eight. You know, yeah. they, they could be fucking with you that way, but they're not. So at least, no, no. I know everybody would prefer having a ten pack or that it just be like included in the regular kit. But at least it's it could be worse, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think the fact that <laughs> just what, try to stay I, positive. Yeah, well, actually, tell you what, what I'm going to take away as positive from this is the fact that they've actually done this, and there are other things out there that we would like to see as complete box sets that may at least now be possible, even if they're you know to come to life, even if it's in blister form. I'm thinking potentially assault marines. I'm definitely thinking breaches. You know, there are there are options that, that this gives me confidence we could see other stuff in the future. Um, I mean, heads are heads. No disrespect to whoever sculpted them, put them together. But blister packs of heads, they're nice to have. These are things that are important to creating armies. And I'm really happy to see that they've actually taken the step to go, we're going to give you something. Do I genuinely wish that they were they were ten in a pack? Yes, because that would be fitting of the minimum number of models in a tactical squad. Are they are you they going to do like different for different marks now? Or I don't think so. Personally, um, I think they're going to. I honestly think it's going to be Mark Six all the way. Um, I think if they're going to. I, I personally think if they're going to do something in a different mark, they'll do it as a box set. Um, but I don't see them coming away from Mark Six anytime soon. Um, but really, once you put a shoulder pad over the top of it, the the right the right mark yeah, shoulder pad, it's really hard to see the difference in the hands, and you really have to be looking at that point. Um, but still, I, I get why some people are grumbling about it, but. You know, I'd rather have it than not have it. At the end of the day, I mean, it's uh, not like you can't find a source for chain swords somewhere. Yeah, or bolt pistols—they exist. They're out there. Um, yeah. And Freddie's got a good point. Who doesn't have like dozens of chain swords from the old Chaos Space Marine kit? Uh, the younger generation. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, that's a good point. Um, a anyone the... <laughs> younger than thirty? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, you, you you make a you make a good point, but uh, I'm I'm just saying that chain swords aren't exactly that hard to to source. I don't think there's plenty of companies. I think Spellcrow makes some. Um, if I'm if I'm correct, uh, plenty well, of, I, of those. I remember like the irony when if if we go back a few days, do some time traveling back in the space of warp. I remember the irony when it was cheaper to buy a box of the old corn berserkers. Yeah. Than to get the the five bolt pistols and chain axes <laughs> from Fortrow. Yep, yep, yep. That was that was legit. <laughs> that, I mean, there are there are other ways around it. I mean, you think about how many of the Mark IV kits have chain swords that you can, with a couple of clips here and there, will work. Um, going on to hands, or just have the hip mounted chain swords and just put a bolt pistol in one hand. 
or um, vice versa, have the bolt pistol on your hip in a holster and have a chainsaw in one hand. You know, there are ways and means of doing it and making stuff stretch, but uh, yeah, they're out there. Um, I'm just trying to take the biggest positive take I can take on this and go, well, it means there's other stuff that could come out like this. So, yeah. And hopefully they'll realize that mm, maybe they should do them in enough for 10 models at a time. That would be really good. Take that away from this, if nothing else, please. <laughs> yeah, just do a fucking sprue. Yeah. Um, that that would be awesome. Hell, a te- oh, just a 10 pack of jump packs. Done. Yeah. I would be happy. I'll do with like that. A, the spoiler, the spoiler box uh, with a jump pack, non description fucking ar- arms and chainsaws. And yeah. there you go. It's it's doable, but again, happy that this at least exists because that, yeah. that's something better than nothing. Um, I don't think we we well, it was the Warhammer Fest this weekend, uh, just passed, but I don't believe we've actually we actually had any Horus Heresy um, releases over that time, which is a bit of a shame. Would have been nice to see something, but I think we can all feel like that about our um, our own sort of our games and that sort of stuff, but. Uh, there's some Middle Earth stuff here for you, Freddy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's some Middle Earth stuff there, and well, actually, I stand corrected. They have you guys seen uh, this new 40k collectors or 40k box, which is basically Wrath of the Soul Forge King. The very long way of saying oh. things. What? Yeah. No. Well, bear with me. It's actually got to me looking at it. It's got the models to start a Dark Mechanicus list on. Because you've got a very large sort of demonic Forge Lord, a um, couple of obliterator models, some cultist models, and Interesting. A, a weird spidery looking thing. Um, and I reckon it could, it could actually work quite nicely as the start of, you know, a Dark Mechanicum list if you really wanted to. Hmm. Um, you know, something to look at. But again, like I said, Warhammer Fest, no, sadly, no her- new heresy releases. But there are also a lot of really cool-looking uh, pictures from the event, and lots of cosplay and stuff. And there was a Horus and a Dawn, and uh, a, a buddy of mine, one of our friends actually, um, Alistair. He was up there as his uh, Mechanicum. Uh, dude, which is very cool. Good, glad to see him up there. Yeah, it's a it's a great cosplay. It looks great. It does, doesn't it? I mean, it's really good work. I know he bought it sort of pre prefab from somebody else, but I know he's gone and put a hell of a lot of work into it for himself to make it his own. So, shout out to you, Alistair. Nice work, dude. Uh, we really should get him on the cast again at some point in the future, Freddie. Yeah, we really should. We should. Uh, yeah. All right, then. Well, I tell you what, we're going to roll away from our virtual desks, away from the virtual news desks, back to our virtual other desk, which is the same one, but you know the routine by now. Um, And we are going to move over to our main topic tonight. So, main topic is creating a narrative campaign. Now, whilst we will talk about a lot of generalizations for creating campaigns, and there will be a lot of focus towards the heresy because that's what we do i honestly believe a lot of the principles that we're going to be talking about will work across genres 
So whether it's you're listening to this and you play 40K or you play Age of Sigma or you still play Fantasy, a lot of um, a lot of the sort of baseline um, concepts will play across um, will play across how uh, how you create a campaign. Now, before we dive into the main topic itself, there is something I want to highlight. Um, now, JP, my good sir, um, this one is is for you because this is something I, I we talked about ahead of time. And something I would very much like to shout out. So we're going to talk about the the Hellafurian campaign, just briefly. Yeah, I remember that. I hope so. That's the thing you, that we you, did. You, you did a thing, and there there is a reason because I I one, it's available via your uh, podcast feed, Age of Darkness podcast. I very strongly recommend you go and listen to it if you haven't before, and if you haven't, why the hell not? Um, but you know, you guys did this little little narrative campaign uh, five years back, as we pointed out. Um, so, yeah, give us talk to us a little bit about that. What sort of inspired? What got you going with that one? Okay, so the Hellfearian campaign, um, we the idea was we saw that there was a bunch of. Um, like D and D um, podcasts out there, like people were listening to, uh, uh, you know, pe people's campaigns. Makes a lot of sense for D and D, especially like theater of the mind stuff without the minis. Um, that makes total sense. I'm, I haven't really played D and D in a long time, um, but like I, it, that, that seemed interesting. And and for the first three years of the podcast, Age uh, Darkness, we had experimented with doing like an audio version. Uh, of 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 a, a battle report called the battle casts uh, we did a yeah. few of them it never really worked that well um uh, um because the idea is the, the reason that you know the the D, D stuff works pretty well is is that again it's the theater of the mind you're telling a story and and everything was these sort of be done um in audio format anyway even if you're sitting around a table you're still kind of talking um, and, um, we still thought that there's, there might be a way to do it. So we tried a few, um, just regular games and, and we tried to treat it like, you know, people listen to hockey on the radio. People, mm -hmm. you know, people have done that for, for a century now. Um, and, and when I used to work as a, as a janitor, I used to always listen to, to, to the hockey game on the radio. I didn't have a TV. Um, also I had to be working, but you know, I could put a, an earbud in. Um, so th there seemed to be a way to do it. It just hadn't really figured it out. Um, I, I do have to credit Sean, uh, from Seize the Initiative, uh, which was a, a podcast from a few years ago. Um, we came up with a really good way of actually describing, um, how things move on a table using cardinal points. Like instead of saying I'm moving six inches forward, well, you could say moving six inches north and, and, you know, northeast is this, you know, a large, uh, building, that kind of stuff that, that, that really helped the thing, but you know, we, we spent a, a, a good amount of time myself and, and um, my co-host Mark, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out, okay, how could this work? Cause it seems like this, it's something that could work. And, and eventually I think we, we realized that it needs to be run like a role playing game. You can't run it. Uh, you can't run it like a, a competitive because uh, the game part um, is 
uh, the dice rolling and all that stuff is, is an important component. But um, if you want to do it in audio and you want to turn it into something that's into in, into something that's like an um, into something interesting for audio. Uh, the, the 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 story needs to be the most important thing. The narrative needs to be the most important thing, and it turns out, you know, uh, uh, that's what we love doing anyway, and what we've been doing since we were kids. Uh, so the the whole thing with the Helfirian, Helfirian, we came up with as a planet in in this fictional system we used to fight over back in third edition. So this is from the mid nineties. Um, we had started like developing the lore for this this area. And the whole thing comes in. It's like, okay, what did this look like during the heresy? We all, we've already played this campaign in 40K. What does this, this campaign look like in, in, in heresy? And so we started working on, um, okay, how do we make this function as a narrative campaign? And that's sort of the the, the, the root of the Helifarian campaign, which, again, uh, we which was surprisingly successful because it, it kind of sounds like a dumb idea. And I'm trying to explain it. And it still sounds like kind of a dumb idea. Who the hell is going to listen to someone playing Warhammer? It's a very visual medium. It's a very visual game. Well, it's it's also extremely audible, as it as you said. It's like you, you can tie it up to D and D and stuff. And and one of my wet dreams is whenever I have enough time and resources, is to actually play games and then make them into audio dramas. And I and I felt like the way you you ran your campaign is kind of like a, a sweet spot in between. It's like a mix between a D and D style uh, audio version with kind of like an audio drama on top of it. So it's it's like super cool. And I think I have to say, JP, I think that was, and this will sound very fanboy because it is. Uh, that was one of the absolute major selling points to me of it because I was at the point. When I, when I was listening to that, I was just at the point where I'd started listening to, again, we mentioned D&D, &D, like D&D &D live play podcasts and sort of finding stuff on YouTube. And as much as I love it, watching it in person, I'm a huge fan of Critical Role and Dimension 20 and stuff like that. For those who, who, who follow that sort of stuff, um, I love just listening to them. And what made it work for me were those touches that you brought forward. Um, you know, like naming every character, every character having a name and not being afraid to develop their story, depending on the dice rolls. Um, you know, your, which you sh I hope you are well known for, your narrative beats that you do mini audio dramas as part of this, um, which I think it sells it even more. I mean, my absolute. That's a role playing game trope, right? It's, it's, yeah, it's it is, the text, it's the text that you, that you read to the players. It is, and but it works so well, and that's the thing. Um, and I think if, for a number of reasons, one, you're just generally so good at doing them. And I mean that production-wise, content-wise, audio-wise, everything is spot on. If you don't have that, you don't have, you know, you don't have attention. Nobody's going to listen. It doesn't matter what you're saying. Um, but it's also the fact that it, it fits so well and mirrors so well the stuff that we're used to with like the black library audiobooks for example which is another way of, of pulling people in um and it's why i wanted to start off because i it's something that no matter what you hear us talk about tonight you can go and look at or listen to i should say on the age of darkness feed you can actually go back and listen to this stuff and see what we're talking about um and there are, if I remember rightly, even in the show notes with them, there were some maps as well that you put in there and stuff. 
if I remember. Yeah, what well, we did because uh, that's another thing of of just spending months trying to figure out. Like obviously not like full time months, but like just get, kept coming back. And it's like how the hell can we make this work? Because we were convinced that there was something interesting in there. Um, there's something that could, that could be cool that people could enjoy. Um, and 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 one of the things we decided to do is we. Because as you know, when you put out a, a podcast episode, right, you can tag a file, you could tag an image, and usually it'll be sort of like the logo of the show, right? Yeah. What we tagged is a Microsoft Paint sort of map of of the um, of the table we were playing on with cardinal directions, so like you could see what was north. So that helped kind of orient the person. Because when I'm saying okay, like because we were playing the games. But when yeah. we're, we're saying, you know, um, uh, this militia squad uh, uh, is, is moving, uh, is, is, is going to make its six-inch move towards uh, this clump of trees, to take cover, that kind of stuff. You know, you try to at least make it a little bit more, like, florid. Um, you could look at, at your phone or your, your computer, and it's like, okay, cool. I have an idea of where that, that is. Hmm. It's just to orient people, because I, I think that, that was the biggest stumbling block in doing um, something like... Uh, like horse heresy or uh, a miniatures game in audio format is is orientation because this is stuff moving on a table how do you describe that you can do it narratively but also it's it's good to to have the listener have an idea of what this looks like it doesn't have to be exact it's just, just have like, an idea in their head of what's happening yeah sort of like uh, give the same tools that you do as a game master for a regular D game like you have maps you have like small, small little things yeah and it is, and the thing is, again, it, it as you said, all that allows the theatre of the mind to take over and make a bit more sense and, and sort of cross that bridge from, well, this is a miniatures game where I'm used to seeing the minis move and do a certain thing to this is a, a, a story of that and for you to be able to follow it. And again, like I said, I, I absolutely love it. And that's why I wanted to kick off. Uh, just mentioning that, and we will come back to it because it is most definitely going to be something that's um, something we can reference back to. Now, Freddie, this is yep. out of out of our group, out of the, the podcast group, uh, the four of us on the podcast. Five, Henry, sorry, bud. Um, you are our our main fluff writer and our campaign dude. You because you you are responsible for events, and that's what you do. Um, yep. So you're going to be leading this discussion, and we brought JP in because obviously JP knows what he's talking about, and I'm here to ask all the dumb questions because uh, that's my role in this thing. But where do you? Well, J- JP is basically here because he's named every single fucking Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's that. that not is all of them. Okay, itself. Not not all of them. I've named all the sergeants. And and I have a list. Okay, what I what I did because no, people keep fucking laughing at me for that, but I, I think it's I, I think it's fun. Um, I love you, man, and I love the passion. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did the campaign, so I named all my sergeants. And what I did was, since I'm using kind of like a a Red Army themed um, uh, um, uh, Valhalla, the old Valhalla models, so it's clearly like Red Army themed. So I found a list of winners of the Hero of the Soviet Union award um, uh, in, in World War II. Um, and all I did was I, I gave them all a name and one, one of them died. I just gave him a new name and then some of them survived and like the, the, their story started picking up. Um, right. Uh, this oh, yeah. one guy survived almost every battle, which was ridiculous because my militia always, uh, always dies. So we eventually started giving him like characteristics and things like that. And, um, and, 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 uh, one decision we made early was that our characters are, are immortal when we decided they were immortal in that. If they were, uh, unless we decide for the narrative that a character dies, um, 
the, the character is sexually immortal and just misses a game um because otherwise it, it's hard to really develop a backstory to uh, it's it's hard to develop a storyline if a character dies and it makes sense of the story and it's really cool it's like okay it stays dead um but with with the with all my militia uh, characters they 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 would stay dead unless something really cool happened and then this this guy has a story now so it's not that i named every single one but i did have a system for having names uh, and having named characters that and 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 that's sort of built into the into the narrative and again like one guy what was his name i have to find my notes um but yeah one militia guy managed to survive every battle of this catastrophic war and, wasn't and, he like an, uh, i can't remember wasn't he like an apothecary or something he was like a low level he was literally like the a apothecary level... was great and yeah and that just came out of, of of something cool that happened in the game that i had to like blow up a bridge and the only the only character left that could have done it was this apothecary so I was like oh i'm i guess it has to be the apothecary so i ran him and it blew up the bridge and this guy became a hero and his yep. story started um yeah and, and, so and so many it's so good but if I can just say, um, before I forget to, to repeat it, um, when people aren't sure how to do narratives or how the, the, the narrative will happen if you let it happen. Mm. If you actually, if you um, just play, just playing the game, the narrative will happen if you, if you, if you let it, um, uh, if, if something really cool happens, run with it. Yeah. Just throw that out there because that's what I did with all my militia and it, it really became an, a, a really cool a sub story of the whole thing it's a it's an old it's it's a paraphrase it's the same sort of thing as reflecting on the again we're going to keep going back to this D D. that yep go with the dice rolls don't be afraid to roll a one or a, a 20 when it comes to D D, at least but don't be afraid to fail a charge or make a charge or do something stupid just go with it because that will give you the story no matter what if you're constructing it or not, it will create a story for you. And I, that's a, I yeah, that's, that's even I'm, better way to put it than a that's 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 a way better put, way to put it. No, it's just I like I, I, it, it's it's supporting the dice. point of view. Yeah, trust the dice. Something cool is going to happen. Yeah, hundred percent. Freddie, I was cutting you off there as well, dude. No, Sorry, that, 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 that's right. Well, I I can say like um, there there's always two ways the the thing that we're going to focus on is like running narrative campaigns and narrative games and stuff but just like jp said nothing is stopping you even if you go to like a let's say a competitive tournament or whatever like i used to play fantasy back in the day like fourth ed fifth ed sixth ed uh, and I was playing dwarfs, and I had like a book of grudges. So even when I did like competitive tournaments, I had also named all my <laughs> my sergeants and and my my characters. And then like if things happen, I noted them down in my book of grudges. So I kept like sort of like a record of uh, my character developments, and and I did roll for them, like just like JP did, like if they died at the end of a battle, depending on how how they got killed, mm -hmm. I modified that roll. So I had like a little table in the back of my little book of grudges on how to modify them, and like let's say like I bought them different war gears to to reflect like what happened with them and stuff, and if they could loot and pillage shit, just to bring the story forward. So you can actually run your own narrative campaign without attending a narrative campaign, mm. if you know what I mean. So that's yep. like one way to go about it. The mm -hmm. other way, like uh, the way that I split up my narrative campaigns is that A, like, do I want this to be sort of like JP did, uh, like making something up? 
do I want this to be Lincolngrad or do I want this to be like the Battle of Scanders? Do I want this to be like uh, the Alex is re recreating Istvan Five? Because like, is this a historical in brackets because it's a fake history, or I should say future fake history, future fake history, sci-fi stuff? And do I want it to be like an historical part of a well-known battle that are already super defined? within the heresy like let's say what could happen if the loyalist won at istvan 5 or whatnot uh or do i want this to be my own fan made uh thing so i think that that's like the first thing the decision i i do like like yeah we were supposed to do that whole um istvan 3 campaign uh stuff and then corona happened yeah. <laughs> to, to celebrate the uh, book one release uh, and so on. So uh, I assume that, that that's the two ways that I look upon it. And what I usually do is I, I love writing my own fluff, as you know. So I always kind of tend to go to fan, to like a fan narrative, D&D style or whatever, like my own story. Let's be honest. It's a fan fiction is what you're saying. Yeah, kind of. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. that's it absolutely is. Yeah. Yes yeah. and no, because if you think about it, like when I did the Red Books, yeah. Back in the day, I did it. I created my own historical setting. And then during the events, we refought uh, the history that I created, those battles, and it could have gone either way. Because sure. I had like in, the, in my red books, uh, it was kind of like the same layup as in the black books. There was like the battle of uh, the Lincoln system, the Scandal system, and so on. And so things happens, and we had like Loyalist one, book one, Traders one, book two, and three and four, and, and so on. Like it went back and forth. And then in the end, like the Traders won the entire campaign. And then we refought each of those battles and see if we recreated the historical outcome or not, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's another way you can do about it. I forgot about that. That you actually you create the history. And the setting, and then you refight the fluff that you have written. So you don't. So so you mean like there's there's like um, you can let the fluff be created during the campaign, it's sort of like you did JP, or you can write the fluff beforehand and then recreate it and see what happens if you get the same outcome, or you can pick uh, a official historical setting and recreate that one. Actually, there's a there's a question to ask JP. Off, off the back of what Freddie just said there, um, when you were doing the Hellafurian campaign, um, as far as mapping out the, laying the tra train tracks ahead of you, basically, sort of mapping out what was going on, were you reacting, were you writing things in a reactive way off the, uh, based off the last, the last game played, or did you have a, a sort of a through narrative that you wanted to take um, and sort of sort of had that out in front of you? Um, well, it was kind of both. Uh, we had a basic idea of where we wanted to go in the story we wanted to tell. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and this isn't like the ro uh, kind of role-playing game where you have a game master and you have players. This was really myself and my opponent, um, uh, and we were kind of working on a story together, and we have an idea of roughly where, where we want to go. Um, basically, we want to tell the story of this seeming like this very minor thing and no one really knows why it's important and and gradually getting worse and worse 
and sucking in more resources and, and, and more factions getting involved um, and, and, and uh, until somehow it, it's become this giant war and no one really knows why. That kind of, we want to tell that kind of, so we had a basic idea. We knew at one point we wanted to bring in another faction. We had an idea of roughly when we wanted to do that. Um, uh, but really, the, the way that we structured uh, the narrative, and I think this is, this is the way I've always done narrative campaigns, even when they're not recorded, um, uh, which is most of them, obviously. <laughs> we recorded one of them. Um, but I, I, I think this is the best piece of advice I can say is, is play the game. And then when the game's done, if you have a vague idea of where, where, what direction you want to go, you should figure out, okay, this happened, so what, 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 is, log what, is, what is logically following from that? Um, uh, for example, we played a Battlefleet Gothic game in the Helifarian campaign, when I got smoked. <laughs> really, we didn't plan on me losing so badly. It's like, okay, so now the Loyalists have absolute space superiority. How does that fit into the campaign now? Oh, so we figured that... Uh, um, um, we needed to. Uh, we decided to to play a a um, uh, um, another game where we'd be like assaulting um, uh, a, a surface a surface to space batteries. So we linked that in, but we would never have done that if we didn't know in advance. Uh, we hadn't already played a game. So just it's it's always good to to play your game and then figure out kind of where it logically leads from that. If you if one side keeps losing, which which will happen, well. Okay, so what happens when you get pushed into the city, for example? You're trying to stop them at a, at, at a river. But oh, the bridge. In that yeah. case, yeah, I lost that game. So it's like, well, we're not fighting at the river anymore. So what comes from that? It's like, well, you, you're going to assault, you know, we'll, 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 we'll play a city fight. We'll play, a, we'll play two uh, games of, of just fighting over a city. Um, because um, the particular front, the Thadric front, had been bre breached. Um, and that is all because of, of what happened on the table. So uh, uh, I always try to build narrative from what actually happened. Um, if you're playing a uh, if you're playing a game with uh, a, a game master, um, which is originally 40k was supposed to be played like that. Um, if you yep. if you go back to Rogue Trader, you used to have a, a game master. Um, then then you can have I think a, a more um, a, a, a I guess. A more restrictive storyline in that the game master can throw in elements to try to drive the narrative in the way that they want to go. But if you're playing f roughly, we never played any any fair games, right? Like the the games were rarely, um, you know, tournament level equal uh, sides. So there there was uh, the narrative always took precedence uh, precedence to that. But nonetheless, um, if you're playing a game without a game master, then um, you're gonna have to kind of follow again what Jody said. You know, you're gonna have to follow the dice a little bit. Some crazy stuff's gonna happen. That's gonna change everything. In one battle, somehow I managed to destroy three knights with my uh, falcon, uh, um, and and that changed everything because suddenly my warsmith became the slayer of knights. Uh, and and uh -huh. that kind of um, and 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 just having won that battle, suddenly oh the knights are really uh, this knight household was really brutalized in that particular battle. So they're no longer as much of a factor going forward in the narrative. So you play your game. Cool stuff's gonna happen. Cool stuff always happens, and you just kind of run with that and say, "What can what logically comes next?" Now, Freddie, yep, this might tie into your next piece that you want to get into. But as an event organizer, you don't have that degree of luxury 
if you're trying to organize a, a narrative campaign for a large group of people. So you have uh, to work out more of the road ahead of you, I guess. Would that, that sound true. fair? That is true. Like, uh, you need to... It all depends on how many people you're, you're running it for, what you want to tell with the story. Uh, because compared to... Um, it, it is harder, like JP said, to let the actual story dictate the outcome. You You kind of... As an event organizer, you become the game master and you want the event to progress forward. You probably don't want to know if the loyalist or the traitors wins, but you need you need the, the event to kind of, you know, like at least set some parameters. Like if the loyalist wins, this will happen. If yeah. the traitor wins, this will happen. So you kind of have to plan a little bit in advance to, to let the the event people kind of experience the story and you there's a couple of tools that you can use to create that story progression and make people people feeling part of the event you can you can also do like other cool things as you can escalate sort of like we're doing for the badab event in at lincoln mm -hmm. which is kind of like a, a a traditional you do you start with small forces then suddenly you have like bigger forces and then you have massive battles. Which, uh, going back into history when we run our event series, we always had like, uh, we always start out with like Centurion because we want people, like entice people, start building and collecting armies and kind of, you know, adding on more units, building, like creating the story of your units. So you have your core core unit, which is like your Centurion army of a thousand points. And that's like your base, and then you add on because next time you might have like a normal Age of Darkness mission or an event that we used to have where you had like 2,000 points. And then we usually have like Scandals where you roughly had about 3,000 points. So it gave you a, an incentive to build a larger army. And it also helped you if you were one of those people that wanted to create your own narrative for your story, like uh, name your characters and so on. Uh, we also did uh, like uh, when we did narrative way back. We did also did like uh, character progression. So you, if your character were part of Lincoln, you got like skills and stuff. Uh, war gear, you 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 got access to because you, you remember how we used to roll for the characters at the yeah. end of the event to see if they gained like a weapon skill or whatever happened with them, and then you can modify that roll if, if something legendary had happened to it. Because remember, you were supposed to report legendary happenings to the um, event organizers. Didn't happen as often as we wanted it to, but it did happen. Yeah, but people actually did it. Like so, so but that was it was voluntarily to help. You know, if you wanted to drive it uh, narratively, uh, you could do this, and we would help you along with that. Kind of drive, drive your own army story and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, another one that uh, I know we also tried is de-escalation. As the war kind of dragged on, uh, your army became smaller instead of bigger, and then uh, you, as a player, could take. Take, like make that your own sort of narrative story, but actually having, okay, fuck, I have to do a smaller army. Well, I have these three units. They were completely destroyed, and they're not part of my mandatory choice for my next army build in the de-escalation stage. Well, I'm not going to have them in my army just to, to represent that they actually died on the battlefield and kind of 
make that an own story. Uh, but I guess the nor- normal part that you do in a narrative campaign is you, you can make it as, as involved and, and story-driven as possible, but the normal parameter is that uh, just as the dice uh, decides what happens on your own personal story on the table, whatever faction wins or loses a round, or it becomes a draw, creates a story, kind of story-driven uh, path. Like, it creates the path of the narrative of that event. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so as a good event organizer, you have to be prepared to have, like, uh, different types of missions or whatever. It could be, like, secret objectives. It could be anything that happens. Like we used to do with, with our own red books. Like, if you, if you want, like, uh, the Somatal is part of it, the tables, they won that round. Because we had like so much Alice tables and we had like uh, Battlefield tables. If they won, uh, we also had Battlefield Gothic games going on. If they won, you had like debris falling down on certain areas or you could uh, do orbital bombardments on certain areas and so on. So it's like you, you can do it as complicated as you want or as like easy as you want. It's just like if the trader wins, uh, you played this mission. Like just like JP said in his story, like they lost the battle for the river. That means that the next thing is going to be assault of the town behind the river. If mm-hmm. the loyalists won, it would be like the pushing out of the like pushing across the river and pushing the attackers back into like their drop zone or whatever. Yeah, you know? I think I, I yeah, there's an think... easy way to do this with just uh, just a branching tree um, yeah. uh, format, and you can do this with your friends as well. It's really it's it's really easy so yeah you just have the one battle and then depending on what happens there's two paths and then you just kind of follow the paths you organize that with like you know a possibility of, of five or ten games and that's that's, the, that's probably the easiest way to actually do a narrative campaign yeah <clears throat> read book four <clears throat> yes read book four, <laughs> yes, read best, book four. Good. best book ever I mean, yes, <laughs> it's not. That's there's no disagreement there. Uh, I, I was just thinking, actually, listening to to you speak, uh, talk through some of those things. I mean, directly heresy related. The first thing when it sort of comes to a a de-escalation campaign in my head uh, is like the Istvan series for a start. Yeah. Uh, but also, if you want to play something that could be interesting, you could do it. You could easily do a de-escalation campaign um, when it comes to the burning of Prospero, for example, you know yeah. the the massive, you know the drop down, uh, you know assault and everything, and then you just you can de-escalate that in a number of different ways. And I think that's, uh, I just like the fact that there there are those options and just how well they sort of fit into all the different options, all the different sort of possible scenarios out there. There, there, uh, there. There's also another option is that you escalate one faction and de-escalate mm-hmm. the other faction as fortune. Kind of changes, but yeah, favors whoever is winning. And mm-hmm. I know that's most people. The, the problem is the one thing that when you do something narrative, you have to move away from the mindset that it's going to be fair and it's going to be. It is not a tournament. It is. You have to be kind of mindful and. You want you want to be part of telling a story. That's why you go to this event or you play this with your friends. It's because you want to tell the story, either of your warlord or your your army uh, or or this entire background story. Like if you play the Istvan Three campaign as the loyalists, 
it's not going to be fun playing the last yeah, mission. Yeah, like, <laughs> here it doesn't go well. It, yeah, yeah exactly. it doesn't. Who'd end, thought? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't end that well. You have like five hundred points. They have five thousand points. It's going to be like a downhill battle at the end. But the thing is, it's still fun because you, if you have, if the event organizes well, even if you have escalated the winning side, let's say he gets another two hundred fifty points. The losing side loses 250 points. It means that the losing side can still win the next, like, I don't mean win the entire war, but they can either uh, hold it back by, by achieving, like, holding out, like, hold the line for X amount of turns. Mm -hmm. Hold these three objectives in the center of the board for X amount of turns uh, and inflict sort of like Bakhmut. <laughs> Sorry, inflict enough damage to the enemy and then you will be able to bring enough reinforcements in so you're even again going into the next phase. Yeah. You need to be careful with that because I think we've already uh, we've, we've all played like a, a Mordheim campaign where like one and the fucking like, vampire becomes so super yeah because so powerful that the games become like boring at that point like you need yeah. to have a mechanism for being able to get back in the fight if yeah. you've been losing and and because sometimes you'll just lose if you're me you're just not good at the game <laughs> or it could be more that you know like you had some bad dice rolls uh and 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 suddenly you're in the back foot and to make being on the back foot fun is the challenge for something like that and making sure that yeah. there's a way to get back into it I, I think like the, the key I've noticed that I've done is to make if you escalate one faction and de-escalate the, the other faction, you make sure that the mission objectives, they can't be the same. So you mm -hmm. can't be like capture six objectives for both sides. It needs to be different mission objectives and they need to be attainable for both factions. So the escalating side should have harder objectives. Mm that they need to score because yep, they're expected like to win while the de-escalating side needs to have easier objectives to score because they're kind of already tagged to lose. Mm. I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, it is. Very... I should also note that I just spoke to uh, uh, Zach Padgett, you know, the war master of, 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 of Adepticon Heresy, and he's running um, an attrition campaign. Uh, and I think they did it last year as well where uh, instead of the games becoming uh, larger as the campaign goes along, they get smaller. And and for events, uh, from what I understand, it's been working incredibly well. And I really like the idea, especially for events when the, the first game usually starts roughly on time and, and, and goes, but as, as things go on, um, it, uh, it seems to work really well to make things, um, to, to make the games a little bit shorter. So, um, you know, because people get but tired. And drunker, so you yeah. mean it's easier to push like three units? Well, no, it's just uh, you know, like when when you get later on in the day, you know, some people have had an extended lunch, and 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 just like four games in a day or something like that, three four games a day. That's a lot of of of, of gaming. So a de-escalation event actually yeah. uh, works works really well, um, and and can actually work incredibly well for a narrative, as 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 you put it, really well. Um, if you play three rounds of an Isfan five event, last few rounds probably going to be a bit smaller. Um, and have more Primark fights. And I tell you what, what's also cool when you think about that is you get, you also get the ability to change the setting. So something that I don't think is thought of a lot with de-escalation stuff, um, or at least I haven't seen it a lot, is that you, you know if you're falling back, I mean, 
Kalth would be another good one, for example, right? Big games to start off with, falling back, falling back. And at a point, you move into the Arcologies. So you're suddenly, play, suddenly playing Zomortalis. So you've got the ability to go from get your know, big open games to Zone Mortalis. So you bring in two different gaming styles, two different types of tables. So then you can have even more varied options for missions and objectives. You know, if you're if you're coming in, let's say, I know three games down the line, you've suddenly gone to Zone Mortalis, you've gone two three thousand, two thousand, one thousand points, you're suddenly playing Zone Mortalis, but your opponents at two thousand points. They're going to have a hard time playing Zone Mortalis. You're forcing that through, so their mission might be wipe everything out. Yours is destroy things on the way back. You know, scorched earth kind of thing. Slow your enemy down. But don't get to the, what, I, what I'm trying to say is don't get stuck to just playing standard game tabletop game. You know, standard game map. You know, terrain. Think about where can you de-escalate to. Can you bring in kill team? Can you bring in um, victory is vengeance? I think is just yeah. natural. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which I don't, I don't. I don't know if it's still playable. I would imagine it's still playable. I would put money on somebody's converting it over to two point oh one way. Or it, it is. It is super easy to make it playable. Yeah, because yeah. it, it, it's not. It's not really bound to the rule system. It's that you just pick dudes from different units and then, mm. you know. It it is kind of super simple 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 version of kill team, mm. and it's a very good version as well. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, you don't have to you don't have to learn new rules. <laughs> That's true. Um, I mean, we've we've talked a bit, quite a bit about escalation, de-escalation. What about because you mentioned different ways of doing it, progressing a character? Yep. Well, that that's a different thing. Uh, there's heaps of way to do it. Uh, there is the old school Necromunda way. There is like the Goka Moka, go to the Mad Doc and roll and see what the fuck. <laughs> yeah. The, the Mordheim way, like uh, if you become like a gimped eye and freaking retarded and suddenly frenzied <laughs> at the same time. Like there's so many things you can do. The victory is vengeance system for uh, for when your character dies and he gets a wound or gets uh, some sort of negative, um, like a malice. Uh, for example, yeah, he loses an eye or something like that. It's really good because you can you can get rid of that, um, uh, of that injury by fulfilling a sort of mission in the next game. Which I think is yeah. a really good way of making sure a character doesn't get completely uh, becomes useless. Because again, we've all we've all played that Mordheim campaign when your character is useless and it, it's best to just leave him on the side of the road. Which I, I played. Think was I a... played that Necromunda campaign, my dude. I played that <laughs> Necromunda campaign where, oh my god, <laughs> way too many Jews that just got crippled down to basic cannon fodder, and I mean literal, just charged the heavy with the stubber, please kind of fodder yeah but character character advancement is it might be the maybe the easiest way to actually uh have a uh, a narrative campaign either on a weekend like an event or or just with your friends um uh, but again then then you're really looking at the game like a role-playing game which again was the way it was originally conceived mm. so you'll have your 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 leader and your leader uh will you know get character advancements uh 
I always use the table. I've always used the table since for a while I've used the table in book four, since book four came out, uh, which works incredibly well. Um, of course, some of the advancements are more useful than others. Everybody's kind of gunning for that toughness five. Well, um, it, it, but it it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, but, but it's, it's a really good table and it works really well. Essentially, if you survive, uh, if you survive a game, uh, you get one roll. If, if you are on the winning side of the game, you get two rolls. So you survive and you win. So that kind of thing, if I remember correctly, is the way it works. Um, it's good for a shorter campaign of uh, maybe maybe 10 games. Uh, because if you start playing like a 30, 40 game campaign over m many years, eventually your character is going to be more powerful than um, than than Primarchs. Well, not really. There, there is a, an upper limit. I think it'll just run out of advancements that you can possibly have. Yeah, yeah, they will. Um, they have a max stat, but it, yeah, there's max uh, stat. They will, yeah, they will have so many special rules; it will become ridiculous. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it's it's good for uh, for for like a limited amount. Um, uh, at a certain at a certain point, it might be worth just locking your character, if that makes sense. Of saying, okay, this is this is as good as this character is going to get. I'm locking this, and for all intents and purposes in this campaign, it's now a a special character, and then you could start advancing someone else, right? Maybe that lieutenant yeah, right. starts getting more powerful, and then you could start again. You can start building the campaign in multiple ways, um, but I think character advancement is is it, it might be the one of the easiest and best ways to actually start uh, creating um, uh, the the storyline. Yeah, I like. I mean, I I think I can't disagree with you on that. What at all? Uh, at all, sorry. Um, but as as you said, be careful how many advances you're allowed to have happen because, yeah, I I had had an experience several years ago. Uh, <clears throat> There had been a campaign being run over a couple of events, and I joined in the last event. I think it was over three. And you know, as a new player coming in, this is if this is as an event organizer, I think that that can work well as a, a one event thing. But if you're doing it over multiple events, be wary of people coming in to join, and be wary that even if you say, "Hey, you get," I don't know, six advancement roles, the same number of advancement roles as everybody else, or a nominal portion of them you may end up with a very um very standard statted but lots of uh appeal you know lots of random additional traits whereas you've got another character who has toughness five it will not die because they've had multiple more roles if that makes sense Iron yeah i think you need to if you're gonna do that if if you're not playing consistently with the same people and you're allowing uh, those characters that 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 got advancements, I think you have to just points value, um, or exactly. something to what that JP effect. Said, what JP said was better than what I said, and he got it exactly. So we got each other's back today, bro. <laughs> yeah, or or you yeah. adjust victory conditions so if you actually knock that yeah. character out, you get like additional victory points. Yeah, something like that. But just keep that sort of thing in mind. Um, yeah, Freddie, you you got something you were going to say there, bud? Uh, well, uh, it, it's like character progression. So I think it's uh, uh, from my experience as an event organizer, uh, you should like if you want to have them added on to an event, uh, make them uh, minor, not too big, and actually have that ceiling. You hit that ceiling on progression super high. Add on like price of failure onto your special character once he progress, and you just try not to make it like over the top. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, less it less is more, uh, but don't it's it's hard. Like I would never run a narrative 
campaign, like a narrative event where heaps of random people rocks up from all over the world and we play heresy. Uh, the main focus for me wouldn't be uh, character progression. It would be like recreating a history instead. There. Yeah, exactly. Way of putting it. That's my. Um, maybe the only thing. Uh, there's other one other thing that um, you know that I think about that's actually worth bringing up. Maybe is is how to actually come up with story. Because um, we talk a lot about rules, and I think it's it's mm -hmm. um, you know it's it's incredibly important. This is you know <laughs> we we have to have we have to have day. rules. There must be rules. Um, but uh, uh, coming up with story, I think, is the other thing that a lot of people ask about and are not sure how to actually... Uh, um, uh, yeah, to get inspiration. Yeah. Um, and and, and I, I think that history is your friend here. Um, uh, the, uh, again, if we want to talk about a really easy way to, to build some narrative, go find an old battle um, and just steal it. <laughs> just, just paper over it with, 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 uh, with some grimdark flair. Um, and, and this is something Games Workshop does. I mean, you know, the, the, the second war for Armageddon, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, you, you know what it is. It's the Eastern Front. Yeah. Hades Hive is Leningrad. Um, uh, what is it? Um, Infernus? Oh, no, Acheron Hive, right? That's the, the big uh, counterattack. That's Stalingrad. It's, it's just they just papered over the Eastern Front to make the second. It's the most famous war in, in, in 40K, probably. So you, you just... Go find, perhaps not do the Eastern Front, perhaps not do Stalingrad. Um, a lesser-known battle, I think, could make a really great uh, narrative. Battle of Ortona. Um, if you want to do a city fight, that, that'd be a fascinating battle. Just sort of like uh, take some, some narrative structure from something that's happened in the past and, and sort of uh, 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 paper some, some grimdark over it. Hmm. I mean, it's, it, to touch on something you we, we actually... Okay, we joked about it earlier. Movies, 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 are, another, yeah. movies yeah. are another great way of finding a story. Um, you know, again, some of them it might fit more on a, a smaller scale, depending. Um, well, you can or, have like uh, the setting in that movie, mm -hmm. and usually, exactly. like sci fi movie, like uh, Starship Troopers or whatever, you will have a grander scheme. Mm -hmm. And then, then you can use like the planet fall, the withdrawal, and stuff, and then you just replace. Yeah. Aliens with cultists or whatever. Oh yeah, was, absolutely. Yeah, and I was I was going to mention Band of Brothers as well because again, yeah. that is historical. It's also something you can watch, and you know you you can take inspiration from, um, and you can scale that up or down depending on how you want it. I mean, just one of the simplest missions that they have in there is um, the taking. Uh, it's, I think it's the second episode, maybe even the first. I can't remember, but when they actually go. Uh, when they actually drop in, um, they attack a, a gun emplacement. And yeah. it's a very simple thing. And, and on that scale, that's combat patrol, or that's, you know, Victory's Vengeance style. Scale it back, scale it up. You're attacking artillery positions with um, troops defending. You've got a, a bigger point game. Um, so, you, you know, there's lots of structure out there in, in television, right. in movies, and in history. Yeah, there's he's like the War of Roses, the Thirty Year War, the Great Nordic War, like the like the heaps of campaigns you can go around with. Yep. And, and we you... did Hellafurian. We just we 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 did one uh, of the episodes was Enemy of the Gates, which well, last time I was on the show I talked about how it's a 
it's an awfully it's like inaccurate uh, movie. It's it, it it's a bad World War Two movie, but it's a great 40k movie. <laughs> It's a brilliant. It so, is so, but that's the thing, isn't it? It's such a. That's the funny thing. It's such a good story, but it's not historical. It's not it's his, so yeah, it's not beautiful, accurate. But yeah. I did. Uh, we did a charge. I I, I charged three hundred militia at uh at, at at like prepared positions, and they all died. That's how we started one of the episodes because that's what we wanted to do. We thought it was funny, and and it turned out to have been to, to been a lot of fun. Uh, um. So yeah, just movies. Uh. Um. Uh. uh history. Uh, don't be afraid to just uh, just rip something off because Games Workshop wasn't again. Second War from again is just the Eastern Front. It's it, it's it's a it's a it is just a calc of the Eastern Front. So don't don't be shy about doing that. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't you don't Greek, have to overthink like it. The, the Greek campaign in World War Two. It's good. That would be really interesting, actually. And I was thinking also the Great Northern War. That's a good point because. That that would be a really interesting campaign, just because of 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 just the movement of it, right? Um, of the back of, and forth. Of, yeah. Or you know, it would be a great one. Actually, I just thought it was a great one. The the Czech Legion in the Russian Civil War, where they had to get across the country. It was just one uh, unit of 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 Czech soldiers that just tried to get home. They tried to get to Vladivostok and ev eventually they capture a, um, uh, an armored train and they're sort of uh, um, uh, uh, selling their services as they, they progress along, but their only goal is to get Vladivostok and get the hell out of Russia. That would be a really interesting narrative campaign or something to that effect. That'd actually be almost better RPG, but yeah. there's so much you can go to avoid the obvious ones, avoid Waterloo, um, Austerlitz, uh, uh, um, the Somme. Uh, the, the, I mean, you could play you know, the, the Somme, but the Somme. Well, that's just Rax. Well, Rax is more like Ver... no, Verdun. Verdun. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say it's more like Verdun, but like Verdun and the Somme are yeah, they're very, yeah. very they're, they're kind of similar. Well, the brackets is basically World War One. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but there's so much cool stuff you can go to. Just find an article on Wikipedia. Don't be shy about Wikipedia, by the way. I'm a historian, and I can tell you that Wikipedia for like at least military history is fairly accurate, surprisingly. Um, like the, the invasion of Crete, you know, that's like classic drop pod fucking space marine assault. Oh yeah, yeah. Just start you know? clicking around until you find something interesting, and then just sort of paper over that with some grim dark, some new names. Uh, uh, don't be shy about taking a map. Again, Games Workshop mm -hmm. does it, so you shouldn't you shouldn't be shy about doing it. Um, I took a, I used a map of Sevastopol to, to, for the Hellfairy campaign, uh, cause I thought it kind of worked with what I wanted to do. Um, and, and so, uh, take a map and, 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 you know, change the angle of it, you know, uh, uh move it around and then just sort of, uh, just mess around, uh, just mess around to put new names on things. Names is the other thing that a lot of people ask about, but, and, and it can kind of get, it can kind of be tough. Yeah. Um, of find, finding kind of original names, but I think the easiest thing to do is to find more obscure names in a language that's not your uh, your own. You, you just look at Byzantine life. <laughs> yeah. What, um, what so all the towns called then? <laughs> yeah, say, but mo Google, move letters Google. around. Google. It's, it's so Google is your friend. I mean, if yeah. you just list, if you literally Google search ancient Sumerian names, you will get a list of ancient Sumerian names. Yep. You can then take them and jumble them up if you want to, or you. Yeah, can that, use I think them. that's that's that's, that's how I come up with all my names. I just jumble. Uh, I, either I take things from classical antiquity that just sounds like very old, like Creos Dracontides. Creos is uh, one of the titans of of 
Well, the Chronos Dracontides is the name of my worst myth. So Creus is an old Titan from Greek myth, and Dracontides is one of the tyrants of of Athens, which I thought was appropriate. But yeah, just find something that that feels different. Because I, I would never use an English or a French name because um, those are the cultures that I'm closer uh, I'm, I'm closest to, so they don't sound weird. But if you find like an old uh, country that's very far from an old civilization or an old culture that's far from your own, then then it sounds um different and then just jumble the the the, the letters around and then you can find something um interesting really quick yeah i was gonna say pray pray to nigel doesn't really work um maybe it does nigel uh... pierre <laughs> yeah <laughs> no nigel Jean yeah but just uh, you you could you could jumble those uh, uh janelle uh, no janelle doesn't work either. <laughs> yeah. guy no that should be pretty good but you could yeah just just mix, mix Gael, the letters around Gael, uh, rip rip yeah it's there. I mean, I t I'll tell you another thing as well. Just as a general resource, I would strongly recommend, if you find a, 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 any sort of battle that you're interested in, don't be afraid to go to YouTube and Google it. Because not only will there be accurate historical takes on things, because a lot of people are putting that stuff out there, uh, but there are some really good, shorter, especially animated versions of things, um, which can be really good to help you just assimilate that information. Um, I mean, with all due respect, both you and Freddie, JP, you and Freddie are both historical and military historic, historically inclined. Um, I'm not. So oh, I'm a, I, I, I'm a I labor and business historian, but um, you carry those. I, I, I also grew up as a boy that liked history, so I know a lot about World War II. But yeah, you have that sort of mind for 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 reading and detail and stuff like that. Not everybody does, and I, I admit I don't. So I, I would strongly recommend having a look at. Um, Having a look at things like YouTube is a different way of just assimilating, and it gives you visuals as well. So that can that's always a, a benefit, I think, when it comes to to stories. Is being if you're struggling for inspiration, having inspiration, having um, visuals is a great way of uh, picking up that inspiration. Again, go back to the classics. Go back into city. Uh, go go back to Thucydides. The Peloponnesian War would be such a great setting for for like a 40k campaign, like a, a heresy campaign. Someone do that. Someone do the Peloponnesian War. Um, it, it, it's perfect because, yeah, yeah, you, you, you know, could do the, the invasion of, uh, you know, the invasion of Sicily, uh, um, you know, all that. Yeah, you could do something really cool with that with the the Greek city states. It'd be so. It'd be it'd be interesting. I'm gonna throw that out there. Someone do that. I just thought of it. You can have that Take one. Free. Take free. free. I I picked up like a Conan book here, and you know. <laughs> There's so many Morkeleb, Kuldi. Yes, <laughs> steal from Ronner, uh, 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 from Robert uh, Howard. Howard. He yeah. would be he 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 would be okay with it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> him right. and Lovecraft were very cool about other people using their ideas. Lovecraft's an interesting one, especially for, for the chaotic side of things. Oh so, yeah, you can, you can steal some names from Lovecraft again. Lovecraft was one of the few. Um, uh, of those early science fiction fantasy authors that that literally just wanted other people to use his his, his stuff. That's why anybody can write a Cthulhu story. Lovecraft uh, w encouraged it. Um, he wanted everybody to to use his stories. There's a lot of bad stuff about Lovecraft. A lot of bad stuff about Lovecraft. Oh, he's not uh, he wasn't exactly a good person, but in that sense, he was pretty rad. Yeah, and again, I mean, if you want to go OG, OG, hit up Tolkien. I mean, yeah, no, but. You can, yes, but the Tolkien estate is quite litigious. 
uh, obviously, well, make like, sure you may, maybe not broadcast it or try and make money off it. But for your own homegrown yeah, campaigns, I think you're good. Um, and I, I, one thing I would say is maybe taking the ring to Mordor might be a bit of a bit of a thematic issue um, to try and make into a story. But you never know; it could happen. We've all played those. Um, what is it? Capture the uh, capture the down pilot missions in 40k, where you can only move six inches, no matter what your your speed is, and you know, can't go on transports and everything, so no eagles for that one. Um, but, I can yeah. see a cool campaign when you're trying to like destroy one of those like Nerdian black cubes or something like that. There's only one way to destroy it before it like uh, goes off and destroys actually, the planet. That would be pretty. See, it all works, goddammit, When you've got you got you got a start of an idea, and it will peel out from yeah. there. You know what, though? Okay, um, because we keep talking about uh, uh, about different ways of doing something. I will, I will, I will just say that my one number one biggest uh, piece of advice for making a narrative campaign: don't try to do it on your own. Sit down, crack a few beers, sodas, whatever. Chat with your the people you'd be playing with. Build it together. That's it's so much easier when you all can get together and 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 create a story together and just bounce uh, ideas off each other. Then you can all go back and kind of work on your own. Um, if someone wants to, for example, like do the writing and everything like that, but bounce ideas uh, off the people that you're going to be playing with, so that everybody's kind of invested in the story that you're building together. Yeah, and it, I would also say if you're, I mean, Freddie, you can agree or disagree on this one to call me out on it, but if you're running it as an event. Don't do, try and get, try and make sure you've got either a team around you at that event, or if nothing else, get yourself a group of friends who are into the game. They may be players, who knows? Don't be afraid of that, um, but bounce ideas off them as well. Um, yeah. Just give yourself, get yourself writing partners. And one other thing, I think you've said this many times before, Freddie. Um, I know Pele has as well. Don't be afraid when you're coming up with ideas, don't be afraid to kill your darlings. If you've got something in there you think is going to be so good, so important, and you try and force it, it's never going to it's work. It's not going to work. Give, no. give yourself the brief say, maybe I'll put it on the back burner for next time or whatever. Um, don't be afraid to just let things go for another time because, like we said, if you follow the dice, there is a natural degree of progression in certain ways that will come out. Um, and if you just fixate on one particular one particular outcome, then you're going to start doing things to get there. And once you start doing things to get there, the game, the 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 fun side of it, the 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 story, natural storytelling, has to disappear. You have to start making things happen, and that's where it becomes. It doesn't go away from like narrative to competitive or anything like that, but it loses a lot of the freedom, which when you notice it. I personally, I've been through campaigns like that before, uh, role playing and uh, on tabletop. They're nowhere near as fun. If you say I have to do this thing, has to happen, whatever the cost, it stops being fun. But that's again just just my take on it. That is true. So we've we've talked a lot about you know structure. We've talked about how stories, different ways of telling stories, where to find inspiration for stories. I mean, are there any other things out there? I mean, Freddie specifically, anything else out there resource-wise that you think people should be looking at when coming to, to sort of writing a narrative campaign? 
uh, obviously, if this is the first time you ever do this and you have no idea where to go, and if you own a black book or if you happen to own the Siege of Racks or the Bad Abors, just go into the section like um, the early black books usually had like a flow on table where they had mission progressions and stuff like that. Everyone remember the legendary mission it always ended up in mm-hmm. and how you ended up there. Just you see how other like look at uh, how Games Workshop has done it. Look at other events and ask around other people that had actually done it and see if you can get a player's pack from someone that's already done a narrative event. Uh, listen to JP's old uh, episodes. Yep. Like, get inspired. Just ask people because there are people that have done this before. Like, you're not inventing the wheel again. Just ask someone and they'll they'll let you know. Like, if you have questions, like, is this a good idea or not? Just ask someone that's because. 100% chance that if you have, like, do you think that I should do this? Someone has already tried it. Yeah. Like, the game is fucking a decade old now. Uh, I'm sure someone has run a narrative event where it's all about building your... You're starting out with, like, a... Well, we had. <laughs> you're starting out with, like, a sergeant that becomes a centurion that becomes a praetor. And, and how that, in the end, becomes, like, he is, like, a special character all the way. And he gets different rules and, and stuff. Uh, we had had like characters changes. We had like uh, uh, even uh, squads turning from normal squads to to veteran squads. We had like uh, squads yeah. getting like uh, remember that centurion events we had where you had if you did certain things you got like a unit card, yeah. and then that unit had suddenly because he they have done a close combat and they managed to kill. Uh, an independent character and a command squad, and then suddenly they became like they were headhunters and so on. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, if you think about it, someone's probably tried it, so just check if they had any ideas. And if not, if they've tried it and they didn't succeed, they will have positive feedback, and you can say like, "Oh wait, if I tweak this, it will work." Yeah, and they'll they'll they should, like you say, be very. Resp- I, I would hope that people would be very responsive to somebody reaching out and saying, hey, I, I like what you've done. Can I have a go with it? Um, and if they, they say, oh, it didn't work, you know, hopefully they'd be up to listening for, for, for your feedback as well so they can maybe take a second swing at it. Because um, I know that's like when you're writing something, if somebody looks at it and says, have you tried this, it can flee up some, uh, flee up, free up some creative blockage as well. So it's positive all around that way. Just talk to people, like JP said. Talk to your closest mates, but also talk to the community. There's so much fucking knowledge out there. What has worked and what has not worked, and why have it worked and why have it not worked. Learn from other people's mistakes. (laughs) Yeah, I can sit here for hours and talk about my fuck ups. About likewise. (laughs) Just, just do it. Oh wait, events. Sorry, I thought we were talking life in general. But okay, yeah. No, 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 no. Well. That wouldn't that wouldn't take hours. That would take years. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the same joke. <laughs> I would say though that that if if you're not sure where to start, um, I, I I the easiest thing to do is just play a game and plan to play a second one. Um, you don't have to set up your narrative the first like before starting. Again, this isn't D and D. Right, you don't. No. You can just you can just play a, a play the game and then see where the story takes you. 
Um, yeah. uh, to be fair, that's how I've GM D&D way too many times. Is oh, no, D&D. Okay, let's do the first session. We want to do it again? Shit. Right, let's do the second session. Ah, well, just, just, ra- just randomly roll up your mission and, and, and get, started, uh, get started and and do some character progression at the end of it and just try to figure out, okay, where does this lead? Uh, what is the next? And, and, and the story will... will we'll start to get meat on its bones as you go along. It's like, okay, so we've been fighting. Um, we, we, we played a, these games. Why are they important? What happened? Figuring out later. And after you've, you know, you, you've perhaps played the first phase of that campaign, five, 10 games or however long you want it to be. Um, if you keep sort of putting meat on the bones of your story, then, then by the end of it, oh, now we've suddenly had this sector that we know a lot about that has names and people that have fought over it. Um, it you don't have to... For one thing, it's never a good idea to write yourself into a corner with stuff like this because random stuff's going to happen, uh, right? Um, you can't kind of control where it's going to go, uh, uh, where, where the story's going to go. But at the same time, um, just you can just uh, uh, as long as you're playing the same characters or at least you know similar factions or something like that, you can start to build from that. You don't have to start with anything, and and you can just build it over time. That's certainly how um, I started doing this kind of stuff um, in, in in the nineties. We never had a plan for where we were going to go. Um, and, and, and then we wound up with having what I consider a fairly rich backstory over just several decades. Yeah. Just play a mission and then do an after action. Re- yeah. And then after you've done that after action report, you realize that suddenly you can write an intro and then you have the story in the middle and then you have the after action report and then that would naturally lead to something. And suddenly you will have like the embryo for your yeah. story overthink it yeah don't overthink it and there are there are so many established resources available i mean we talked about a number of them like okay with all due respect a lot of the books that we've talked about are the equivalent of trying to find rocking horse shit at the moment they cost a lot it's damn near hard to find and people are very unwilling to let go of it once they've got it um when we talk about things like the the siege of Rax books um even like the original black books and stuff like that now they're they're tough to get hold of some in their states um but there is new stuff coming out all the time i mean let's be fair uh gw have stepped up with the exemplary missions they can be a really good place to start um you know with the the different units they've been releasing that's there's a good starting point if you want something that's already 100 percent done for you um there are loads of things online about um how people create story you know story beats for other systems like D, pathfinder call of cthulhu um you know have a look at 40k you know some of the old 40k stuff um i, I only say that because i don't know anything about the new 40k stuff and i have no idea how compatible it would be but have a look in both the story and the um, and the, the the actual printed products that are out there. There's there's stuff you can lift. It doesn't have to be solely specifically 30k. You can take you know certain situations and and drop it in. You can um, get like the old planetary assault uh, oh, uh, codex. The, yeah, you can get the citified uh, codex that they used to have. Like all these shit. Yeah, I mean, you can have if you want to play something interesting, have um, you know, take the what was it, Siege of Ultramar with the Tyranids. Okay, we don't have Tyranids in Heresy, but 
you know, there's a murder, a planet murder. There's that okay. that aspect. Right. Well, not have to. Right. It's a siege. You don't have to have tyrannids. You, you well, yeah, be... but true. You don't have to. Have okay, it could be whoever. demons, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's there's just a lot of stuff out there that I think we've got to make sure you, you should give yourself the opportunity to look through. Um, because I know I made a lot of I made myself a lot of problems when I started off a long time back playing uh, TTRPGs. I got stuck looking at just what was there for that particular system. Because it was the, this is how I have to do it frame of um, frame of mind, because that's what they did. If it was, you know, like Vampire the Masquerade, if it wasn't something from an official Vampire Masquerade source book, well, then it wasn't any good. I couldn't. You there know, were no vampires. It. Yeah, they had to do it within the had to do it within the system or not at all. Um, don't don't limit yourself like that. Just go out and see what is out there and have some fun with what exists. When it comes to just telling a good story, bluntly. Um, is there anything else, Freddie, that you really wanted to cover, or JP, any other big points you wanted to bring up? Because I think this is a topic we can revisit again in the future. Um, but is there anything that you wanted to mention now? specifically uh no i think we covered it all like but if you have any questions and if you want if you have any feedback or if you have any ideas or if you want to discuss this further like check out our discord or just uh hit us a message and like we could probably like if you have a bunch of questions about narrative stuff that are related re <laughs> related to narrative uh events or you your own <laughs> yeah or your own personal stuff uh just let us know and we can you know, probably answer them on the next episode. Yeah, or well, we might do a whole new, a whole other episode just purely on um, more narrative or campaign-related topics. You never know. Uh, JP, you got anything you want to add, bud? No, no, I think we went through uh, all of it, um, or all that I can think of offhand. But the only thing that I just uh, um, that I, I just like to say to conclude is. Um, if you're not sure if this is if, if this is for you or you don't you're concerned about how much work goes into it uh, just jump in don't overthink it don't it doesn't need to be complicated um just start linking your gains and and you'll see that um narratives kind of like build on their own it doesn't have to be something complicated you don't need a a giant volume of pre-written lore um for 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 your games just jump in You'll see that it's it's worthwhile. Yeah, and um, you know the, the dice. If nothing else, dice will always do something to to. to dice will always mess up your plans. Yes. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent of the time. Um, and I think I'm I'm just going to run out before we go out to our outro, just to say that um, I can't speak on on JP's behalf. I'll let him answer that in himself in a second. But definitely, if you want to reach out. If you're looking at trying to write a narrative campaign or you or you want some help with a narrative event, feel free to reach out to us. Hit us up on our email, uh, which is linked on our Facebook page. You can drop us a message through the Facebook page as well. I know Freddie's if he's available, has time I would love to sort of chat and help out with any questions you might have. I'll give you my two pence worth as well. And the, obviously there's Chris and Pele on the team as well, who'd be more than happy to jump in. Um but yeah, the the community exists. And I think it's very important to, to remember that, especially in the past few years where things have slowed down and dropped off, the community has been there for itself. And there are so many people who organize events 
and who tell stories through gaming um, that would love to to be there just to help answer your questions. So whoever's in your community, don't be afraid to reach out to them. And if you get a cold shoulder, hit us up. Hit the Eye of Horus up. Hey, up whoever you you listen to who feel they 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 have a voice on this. Um, yeah. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up there for the with the we talk narrative campaigning. But um, have no fear. I get the feeling we're going to be back. I really do. It's one of those topics that just keeps on giving. Um, so, yeah, JP, my brother, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Um, I'm, I'm delighted. Thank you so much for having me on. Always a blast. Next time we won't spend an hour talking about AEW before we start recording. Maybe get you guys to maybe bed we'll... early. <laughs> nah, maybe we just start a little earlier and we can do that and then Freddie can jump on later. You know, yeah. We'll record it properly this time. Um, <laughs> go from there. But uh, no, it's it's always a pleasure to have you on, brother. It really is. Um, and like I said, uh, I I would <laughs> I hate to say this. I'd love to see you do another character uh, narrative campaign recording at some point, my dude. Um, well, the pandemic. No pressure. Is, is, is not is, is, is the, the pandemic is is slowing down. Um, um, so hopefully we'll be actually we'll actually uh, be able to do it uh, soon. Definitely, we want to do another season. Um, and and uh, we just got to get that organized. It would be it would be an absolute treasure trove for for the community if you did. I'm I'm biased. I don't care if anybody sitting if you're sitting there rolling your eyes, going, "You're just look kissing this guy's ass." Yes, I am. When you go back and listen to Hell of Fear and Campaign, you'll see why. So I strongly suggest you do that um, because yeah, more of the more of that, please, sir. More more of that, most definitely. Um, well, now I'm highly motivated to do it, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Sometimes you need a good kick in the ass, uh, or a kiss in the ass. Apparently, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that'll work too. You're just jealous that I'm not simping over all your stuff yet. I'm I'm reading and writing it myself as I go along, so I'm good. But we'll we'll, we'll love fest on LinkedIn very soon. I promise you, Freddie. Okay, that's good. Okay, good, good. Glad, glad yeah, we're, you're we're gonna there. do the audio drama from LinkedIn when I do the post battle write up. If you do, fine. Done deal. Well, you you and JP. Yeah, I, I was going to say I need, might need to JP, call JP on that because, you know, he knows how to do that stuff well. Um, well, I'd be delighted. Ah, see? It's a love fest here. Um, well, I'm going to get to the wrap-up very quickly and just remind everybody um, that, you know, we love you very much. If you love what we do and uh, you want to support us, we have our Patreon, um, and it's for $4 a month, and we're starting to reach out and see what extra stuff we can offer. Um, and we have some fun stuff in mind, but that helps us keep the lights on. And then at the end of the year, we have a big raffle and you get a ticket into that raffle for every month that you've been a, a member of our uh, Patreon. You can still find us. You can find us out there on any pod, uh, podcast catcher and come over and join us on Facebook and come and join us in Discord because it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and we're very much looking forward to it is a lot of holds. fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun as well, but we're also looking forward to what the future brings because that's going to be awesome too. Um, so let's see if we can do this wrap up in one go. I hope it hasn't been so long that you've forgotten how we do this, JP, but here we go. I'm going to say it's a good night from me. It's a good night for me. And me. And remember, guys, treat life like 30K. Be angry on the streets, be full grim in the sheets, and try not to lose your head. This is the Brandon Heresy Podcast signing off. <laughs>